we're all protecting you. We have, we have all protected, protected you. you. About my marriage? About what you told us about your marriage. With the mostest? We you told us. Okay, I don't so know. Don't, don't ever bring you guys around me. Let me tell you something. The only thing. If I want to see that, I would have wrote it. I mean, I'm not really sure what I've done to you, but I'm looking for you Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hot and Bravo podcast, part of the Buttered Pop Network. It's Eddie Estrada here with my co-host, Armin, ready to talk all things R-H-O-A. Armin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Eddie. How are you? I'm doing fantastic because this episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta gave me all the feels. I was literally feeling myself in BravoCon <laughs> mini by watching this World Pride scene. Right. Yeah. Um, I was heartbroken and shocked by um the stories of the relationships between Kenya and her husband and Portia and her husband and I was intrigued by the you know drama between Nini and Cynthia and whose side am I really on Cynthia (laughs) a feud that we've been tracking both on screen and off for Mm -hmm. a long time now it's all these stories that we've kind of been like lingering around and the pieces are starting to fill in with what's really going down with these ladies right and I'm here for it, even though it is sometimes sad and heart-wrenching and sometimes petty as hell. I'm I'm here for it. So Well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> it's the petty as hell arguments. It's the This feuds. is what you came for. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm loving Atlanta. That's Housewives, isn't it? That is Housewives. It's like petty drama, heart-wrenching moments, and humor, which this episode yeah. had them all. It I did. mean, Atlanta never fails to deliver, so I really appreciate the ladies. But... Let's start with, like, the sad news first and get that, like, out of the way. So we need to talk about, first of all, Kenya and Mark. So we had a couple of dark scenes with Kenya. The first was Che. I think it's her cousin came over and was talking to Kenya. And she was saying how, you know, things are different than she thought they were going to be. You know, Mark is never really around that much. And when he is in Atlanta, she feels like all of his attention is going to Brooklyn. And that she's, like you know, not, not getting that attention anymore. And it's hard because, you know, she thought she was going to be living in this married life with her husband who loves, you know, both, both her and her baby unconditionally. And she feels like she's not getting any of the love. I guess they're in this place where, uh, they're sort of like strangers who are raising a baby. And I, I get, I get why this would be affecting Kenya so much. And I know a lot of people might've had comments online and they were like, Oh, well like he should be all about your baby. Like, you know, that's a good father, but it's like at the same time, he needs to be a good husband as well. He made this commitment to Kenya. Um, he's only following through. It seems like on the commitment to the baby, um, as we kind of have heard, maybe he was exploring other options elsewhere in regards with women um, even though that is all hearsay right now, we don't know if that's true. Allegedly, that's all like allegedly, allegedly. But I could see how how the things he's doing, the way he's acting, could show this. I mean, watching the scene where he's sitting in the kitchen with Kenya, and she's asking, she's like, "Which one do you like better, Kenya or Brooklyn?" Okay. By the way, that's an inappropriate question, right? Yeah, you shouldn't be asking, "Do you like me or your daughter better?" Because that's an awkward place to be put in. Yeah, but. The fact why that are you even, why are you pitting yourself against your own child? The do- the baby's like not even like a year old and she's already like I'm competing with her. It doesn't even matter what age, but yeah, it's especially worse when this is an infant. But I I feel like we also have to look as what's pushing Kenya to ask these questions because 
She's not being 100% crazy. He's straight up ignoring her. Everything she brings up, everything she talks about, he avoids. Right, but can't you address that without being passive-aggressive and saying, so who do you love more, uh, me or your child? How about, um, I feel ignored, Mark. Uh, How do you want to fix that? I feel like, uh, you know, we're not getting physical enough. How do you want to fix that? Address the problem straight on. Don't try to create this, like, feud. You know, between you and your own daughter. So I think, but my thing is, I think Kenya, the way, why she's doing this so passive aggressively is because as we know, Mark does not like the show. He does not like the cameras. Right. So I feel like she's trying to find ways to confront him without actually confronting him Well, she's trying to embarrass him. Yeah. No, that is a confrontation. I mean, going straight up like, oh, who do you love more? Uh, Me or your daughter? Well, for one, you know how he's going to answer that. Yeah. He's going to be like my daughter. Yeah, his daughter. But he won't. He won't say it. Right. He's kind of playing around. Yeah. Brooklyn talked for the first time. That was <laughs> oh, you said daddy? Oh. But I do feel bad for Kenya. Um, putting that question aside, I do feel bad for her because as uh, she said, I think in this episode too, like I've been waiting so long for this. Like, it, it's, But it's not what she imagined. Right. And she was referring in that moment to Brooklyn, but I feel like it's the whole package too. Mm-hmm. It's like, the husband with the baby and right. this life that she's she's dreamed about for a very long time and she got it, but it's not... You know, things aren't always what they seem. Be careful what you wish for. Right. The age-old tale. An essential piece is missing, and that's the caring and doting husband. He's a caring and doting father. Oh, for sure. No doubt about it, it seems like. Almost too much. Well, I, I don't know about too much. It's a great thing I to mean, be a loving father, right? Yeah, true. But he needs to also, you know, love take care wife. of uh, Kenya. Do you think he just doesn't love Kenya? I think he's just over it. It seems like he's just checked out. That's sad. You can just tell. It just feels like their body language is so. I don't know. It's just so it's like adversarial. Yeah. They're not like collaborative. Like in that whole kitchen scene, like when they were arguing about the eggs. Yes. It was just so awkward. It's weird, right? Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I can't believe I don't have any eggs." Like he doesn't want to give her a break, and she's pissed at him, and it's just all bad. I think we're going to see this play out a lot more through the season because, as we do know, they are separated now. Yeah. And that is sad, but I think we're going to see the reasons why as the season progresses. Um, we have Portia also going through a hard moment with her um, father of her child, Dennis. Um, as we know, last episode, he revealed to her in therapy that he slept with another woman while she was pregnant. She touches on this more. She's meeting with Tanya, who's a friend of. We see Tanya a lot. Um, Basically, Portia reveals that Dennis said she was emotionally unavailable while she was pregnant, which is like, um, no shit. She's pregnant with a child. She's not going to be able to give you the attention you deserve. You should be understanding of this and making sure she's comfortable and feels attended to and loved. But also, Portia is confused because she's like, well, me and Dennis did this together and we were happy and we did this together and we were happy. Like, It doesn't make sense that I was emotionally unavailable when I was more than available to him. Right. She feels like she was actually available. Yeah. And I think she was too. I think this is a cop out. I feel like, I feel like people use this all the time where they're like, you know, I wasn't like, you know, you know, I wasn't emotional, like I wasn't emotionally fulfilled. So I wasn't like, you know, cheating on you that way. I just needed, you know, to, you know, get something. It's like one of those <laughs> like stupid excuses. And it's like, no dude, you just wanted to get your rocks off with someone else. And you, you weren't feeling emotionally unavailable or you weren't feeling like, you need it. You weren't getting something in the relationship. Portia was there for you. Portia was ready to like, 
Even when she was pregnant, she was, you know, down for you. Well, also, it, it's a problem if that other person is, like, totally surprised by it. Like, Portia is shocked to hear that. Yeah. If she was emotionally unavailable, let's presume, mm-hmm. let's say that's true, then Dennis should have addressed that with her many times before he ever went a different route. Exactly. Not even to justify his affairs, right? I'm not trying to justify it at all. Um, if he did have a bunch of conversations, right, and nothing worked out, I'm not saying, like, then it is right to do it. No, still not right to do it. But I'm just saying it's even worse if she is shocked because that means you didn't even try to address it head on. It exactly. all comes back to communication. I feel like that's like 90% of housewives problems. Whether uh, that's it's between, 90% of the world's problems. Right. Communication. It's communication. True. Good point. Um, but it, whether it's between two housewives or housewives and a husband, the problem comes down to communication. And in this case, it seems like Dennis didn't even say anything. He just went out and cheated. And Which, she's like, wait, what? Like, I don't remember being emotionally unavailable. You definitely didn't tell me at the time. And this feels like this is kind of like his MO because he's done this to like, like the women said that he's cheated on other women in the past and he's right. kind of known as this like playboy kind of guy. Candy brought that up yeah, yeah. before. And I think it's, I think it's just him kind of reverting to old habits. I'm again, I'm not justifying his actions at all, but I feel like, you know, he's not used to like having the conversation and he wasn't really prepared to like, you know, have this baby. So he's like, you know, I'm just going to do what I've done in the past. And what's, what's, kind of hopeful about the situation I'm going to say is that we do know that Dennis and Portia are back together now. Literally the opposite of Kenya and Mark. Right. But I, I think him maybe opening up, up about this now and them starting to have this conversation and them literally going to therapy with each other through this season is going to reconnect them in a way and help Portia's feelings be heard, help the relationship with him her, sorry, her and Dennis get healed and, you know, repair the relationship for the family as a whole. And I'm hopeful to see that because it's the best thing for Pilar, for little PJ. Bridge those communication gaps, right? As a communication major <laughs> in college, <laughs> I have to say that communication is so important. I, I've said a million times as Eddie the Love Doctor, which I, we've kind of retired for a bit. No, no, no. We're never retiring Eddie the Love Doctor. Eddie the Love Doctor, what but, do you think? But what I was going to say is like I've said that like I think the biggest problem with like younger generations – and I, I'm going to conclude portion that because she's in her 30s. Um, you know, like no one knows how to communicate. We're so used to this digital age of like. I think every generation has their communication problems. But maybe the younger generation I feel like ours is, even worse. is tied maybe to us being digital natives. And in even sense. in relationships, it's always like you can just go hop on an app and find the next <laughs> best, what you think is the next best thing. I hate that. Well, the boomers had their dive bars where they could go to and just find the next. Okay, boomer. <laughs> um, okay, quick question before we move on. Let's say you didn't know the outcomes of these two relationships, right? Yeah. And you were watching this show. Um, which relationship would you believe in more at this point in time? Remove I- all the bias. Honestly, Portia and Dennis. Really? And for the soul- Because at this point in time, they are actually in a worse position in the show. But in real time, like where we you know, sit now podcasting, they are in a better position. But the, what I, why I say that is because it seems like both of them are working to try and mend what is broken. Because we have Dennis going out of his way to send flowers, making connections, going to therapy, being honest about what he did, and having these conversations with Portia. 
yes, she's very hurt by them, but at least they're talking and working through it and trying to repair for their child. You have Kenya and Mark, just it, the body language, the way that they're speaking to each other, everything just feels so tense and not real. Super cringe. It's, it, you can just sense it from the screen. And so I would say, even if we didn't know the outcome, I would have more faith in Portia and Dennis's relationship than anything with Kenya and Mark. All right. How about you? It's so hard to say because we already know. Yeah. The outcome. I mean, I, I'm with you. I, th- I think it is Portia and Dennis, but I don't know how much of that uh, is because I know that they worked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got a um, little bit of a bias But, but your, re- your reasons are legit. That's, I'm, that's I where I'm I didn't love leaning. Doctor for a reason, Biatch. <laughs> Please. Well, there are two people who don't have any love on this show. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. That's, uh, <laughs> can I say Cynthia Nini? You can. Okay, first of all, I got to give props to Marla for coming in in the little sailor hat to World Pride <laughs> because I loved this fit. And she's like, I'm the captain of this ship. And she's like, what boat you want, honey? It was so good. But we have the Nini and Cynthia drama still going on from last season. As you know, Cynthia and Nini are no longer friends in this moment. And Cynthia sends a video to Eva as they're getting ready for World Pride that reveals that uh Nini talked some crap about Cynthia on a recent, I don't know, random interview that she did that was on Instagram. (laughs) And the lady asked about World Pride, and she's like, you guys are going to be on the float together. What's it going to be like? And essentially, Nini's like, you know, I'll be nice. I'll be kind. You know, she was my friend, but I just think she's very weak. She seems very desperate. Um, It started off well. She's like, I'll say hi to her. You know, like, I'll be cordial. And then it just goes off the rails. And then Nini's like, nah, I'm not I'm not playing games oh, anymore. Man. I'm just gonna talk crap about my former friend. And Cynthia's like upset about this, but she's also like, you know, this is Nini, like I have to understand. And I was kinda like, you know what, this is like really like rude of Nini, like just to come out and like attack Cynthia in the press. But then <laughs> Nini does bring up the point that Cynthia's done like seven interviews prior to this, and Cynthia is bad mouthing Nini in every single one. And, and we got a legendary edit. We did. Interview after interview after interview after interview. From all different sources. Yeah, and I love that we actually got to like see the sources cited. Mm-hmm. It was great. And yeah, Nini was not lying. Cynthia was all over the place talking shit on Nini. And so, I mean, honestly, both of them are in the wrong, I think. I feel like if you really wanted to work out the situation, you work it out together. You don't talk to the press. I feel like talking to the press is such a cop-out. Um, I feel like Cynthia did it because they had a feeling that Nini might be on the way out and she was trying to cement mm. that expulsion of Nini from the show. Because as we know, Nini was suspended for two like two weeks of filming. This That's why the first time we've seen her is literally this week on the show. Right. She actually filmed this week because she was allowed to. But... I feel like it might have been a play by maybe Cynthia and the other girls of like, you know, this is who Nini is. So like really push her out the door? Yeah, to keep kicking her on her way out. Because ah. it doesn't seem like she's going to get back into the group entirely. It seems like she has Marlo no. as her only friend. And Marlo's keeping her connected to the rest of the ladies because Marlo's friends with Candy. Marlo's friends, you know, with everyone. Marlo doesn't really have much beef. But it looks like even next Nini's next scene in the next episode is just her and Marlo. And she even walks away from that. <laughs> so I was like, Nini, who are you going to film with if you ain't friends with nobody? This is very uh, similar to Vicky season 11. Yes. Where uh, you see an OG. <laughs> where she is now. 
I know, I know. It doesn't pretend well for for Nini, right? Uh, but you see an OG who is on the outs and has to really uh, claw their way back in. Yeah, Nini's definitely going to have to do some major work this season to get back into the graces. But I did like this tease out of drama between the two of them. I think this is this is going to be a hard one to really like. I mean, I'm Team Cynthia just because I'm not Team Nini, but. It's hard to kind of see who's in the wrong in this exact argument because both of them did talk to the press. Yes, Cynthia did it seven times. (laughs) But at the same time, like, Nini could have been the bigger person and just not talked about it and just had the reconciliation at World Pride. Marlo says this is what she should do. She says you need to just be nice. Say it's all on God now. It's not on me. You know, I let it out. We should just let, let it be and be ourselves. And, you know, Nini's kind of like, okay, we'll, we'll just, we'll just let it slide. We'll be good. We'll just be cordial. Um, and we don't really know how it turns out because it kind of leaves us on a cliffhanger. Right. But before we got the cliffhanger, I think we got the most, uh, amount of housewives ever on screen together for an official real housewives episode episode yeah because of course i mean we've seen like content like andy's baby shower we've seen the watch what happens live episode this week at BravoCon where we had like 70 plus house the million doorbells or whatever that they did in the right. la week but in an official real housewives event um we haven't seen a crossover of this magnitude we've had smaller crossovers yeah of course right we had um i want to say brandy on uh new york we had Bethany on Beverly Hills. On Beverly Hills. Um, we've had little crossovers, mini crossovers. Never one of this magnitude because it was Pride in New York. And so you, in addition to having, obviously, Cynthia and Nini, you had Margaret Josephs, Kelly Dodd. Uh, you had... Tinsley and Sonia. So, yeah, Sandy, Sonia Reza. got a close-up. Yep. Even non-Housewives, Bravo right. celebrities were in there, too. We saw Andy Cohen on screen. Andy was mic'd up. Andy had a mic. He was definitely drunk and was right. trying to explain to Nini that she would have to cover her ears at one point of the float because um, Don't Be Tardy was on the playlist. She goes, oh, no, me and Kim are good now. Yeah, yeah. So actually, that was like a little news drop, I guess, which we already knew. And I had no idea that this drama between Nini and Cynthia was like this intense during the World Pride because it seemed fine. Like, I did. I don't remember this being like, are they friends or not? Well, the feud that everyone focused on at Pride was the uh, Sonia Tinsley one. Which, did they tape that for New York? I don't know. I don't think so. I think taping started later. But I hope I hope we got something. I hope some camera caught something because... Maybe we'll see a flashback. That was juicy. Maybe but that was from Reza's phone, what we saw, right? Hopefully Reza gave that footage to the Bravo producers and right. they could use it for next season. Oh, I'm that sure was a, would, easily. Kelly Dodd, too, in that car? Oh, man. But before we um, sign out, because I think we've covered it all, right? Yeah, there was, this was, I mean, well, we have Todd saying that uh, he oh, right. brought his daughter to the strip club, which is like whatever. shocking, but whatever. Um, <laughs> shocking, but whatever. Um, I've actually never been to a strip club. Really? Not, Let's go together. Who am I? Your daughter? <laughs> I'll adopt you. Um, Thanks, Army. No, I just want to quickly say that I'm glad that the Real Housewives franchises are willing to recognize their place in greater pop culture yes. on the show now, um, on all the shows. Because uh, I feel like in years past, uh, they wanted to convey this image of these are real 
quote unquote housewives. Yeah. And they exist in this little bubble and all the fame and popularity that you're seeing outside of the show doesn't exist when they're being filmed. But they have gotten too big. They are legitimate celebrities. Yeah, they're stars. So if you want this show, any of these shows, to be real, then you have to, at some points at least, acknowledge the fact that, yeah, they're, you know, semi-celebrities, right? More than semi. I think some they're pretty big celebrities, a lot of them at this point. I mean, they're Bethany well Frankel, known. like... Come on. Yeah, Bethany Frankel is referenced in pop culture all the time. She was referenced in The Good Place recently, right? Yeah. They're, they're spoofed on SNL. And all that's, the time. That's zeitgeisty, right? Like being, you know. Nini was on Glee. Nini was in The New Normal. Right. Like, I mean, well, know. that's old news, but. But still. Right, right. So my point is, is that for years, they never really wanted to acknowledge that, right? Yeah. But you're seeing now, more than ever at least, uh, them willing to you know, splice in, um, you know, some references to the fact that, like, they are public figures. So you see Cynthia interviews with the press. You see Nini interviews with the press. Uh, if we hearken back to this season of BH, a major element of this season was Lisa Vanderpump talking to the press. Yes. Right? Uh, which has happened before, right? Like, you know, specifically with BH, right? Yeah. A long time ago, um, there were, uh, you know, the press always plays pl- plays a factor, but they are just more than ever willing to actually like confront it head on and be like, we are a part of a greater universe. Yes. These people are actual celebrities now. And I think it plays well. I really do. Yeah. It, to me, it doesn't actually like take away from the show or make it feel like less of reality TV. It would feel like less of reality TV if they just always pretended like, oh, yeah, got this on the word on the street. Yeah. Because we know you're not getting it from the word on the street. You're getting it from like the press Blogs, tabloids, yeah. social media, so all the above. So let's just say it. Let's just, now we said it. But now we said it. So I love it. I'm loving it too. I loved the BravoCon content this weekend. Um, if, you guys don't want to miss any of the stuff that we're talking about, whether it's BravoCon, Bravo recaps on Atlanta, New Jersey, OC, all the above. Make sure you guys are subscribed wherever you're listening, whether that's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, or Spotify. If you guys are on social media, we are too. Duh. We're at Hot Bravo. That's H-O-T in B-R-A-V-O-D on Instagram and Twitter. Armin, how can people find you? At Armin Mahram on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Andy underscore Strata. And we will see you guys next week.